comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No internet, no GPS, no text messages, no podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. Listening to Fear the Walking Dead TV podcast. This is for season two, episode three, entitled Oro Boros. I am Craig Demanda, and I'm joined this evening by Mr. Aaron Newerth. What's going on, sir? I'm I'm here recording live from a back of a restaurant, apparently. So there you go. You are live on remote. You are on remote to join us on the show. Thank you so much. Yeah. It's great. Happy, happy to be here. Where are you, Aaron? Just tell the listeners where you Man, are right now. Aaron, you could have asked for help. You didn't have to, you know, I can't believe you've gone down to living in the back of a restaurant. <laughs> Doing better than I mean, survivors is. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So I'm, I'm sorry, Aaron, where, where are you? We, we didn't hear where you, where you were. Where are you right now? Well, I'm currently, I'm, I'm covering the Newport Beach Film Festival because I do do movie, you know, review stuff when I'm not recording silly podcasts of Chub Toad about Walking Dead. And, uh, <laughs> and so in, I'm in between screenings right now. And because I care about Fear of Walking Dead so much, that's a sentence no one could get through easily. I've decided to jump on this podcast and do what I can uh, with the time that I have. Well, thank you so much for joining us uh, again remotely uh, for, for this very important important pivotal episode of fear of the walking dead which brought to conclusion our favorite flight 462 we're also joined by mr richard chub toad sheldon what's going on with you sir um i'm here okay well welcome thank you for joining us <laughs> good job <laughs> i'm here yeah so before we get into this week's episode you want to give your overall just uh, opinions how you think this this episode turned out aaron what, what were your thoughts um, I thought it was good, actually. I probably it keeps getting better. I would say. I would say this is probably another example of how it's improved itself. I would even say the it makes the ridiculous web series worth it. Almost, almost. You had to put that little caveat at the end there, right? Almost. Well, yeah, because it's not you know it's not perfection. But I mean, as far as having a conclusion of that series that melds into the show. There's a clever conceit there that, as much as we've made fun of the idea of like, hey, let's have 30-second episodes of a web series played at a time, it actually it, it leads to some interesting scenes in this week's episode. It did. Yeah, it sure did. And Chris is still an idiot, you know, that, but that's you know, a different thing. That's just a constant. I mean, that, that's yeah. just, yeah, that's... Yeah, that's our that's our that's our constant. <laughs> Lost had something really clever, and this show has an idiot child. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. That's that's what makes me appreciate his character more because I can't stand his character. And as dumb as he is, he is going to end up being one of the first casualties of the group. And I am perfectly fine with that. 
Well, we well, hope he's one of the first casualties. Know. I just don't think he's going to be. I think we'll, we'll lose I other think, people before him. I think we're I think we're in the long haul in terms of we got to establish that father son relationship and make it all special and everything. And I don't think the show has the guts to pull the rug out from under us and take that away. Well, yeah, it's got great. a lot of guts. There were a lot of guts this week, but yeah, there were guts and hands and all kinds of things. <laughs> Boat. Paddles and lots of stuff, yeah. Well, Agro go, Crag, that's my Nickelodeon Guts reference. <laughs> Going into this, I have to give full disclosure, and that is, you know, I I'd mentioned it back um, when we were still covering Walking Dead Season 6. Um, I was not watching the Flight 462 stuff because it was annoying in 30-second chunks, so I was saving it to watch later. And I've never gone back and watched later, so I, I kind of recognize some from the little bit I have seen, but uh, I, I'm not invested in that character at all because I really don't Joe, know much about her. I'll give you a hint about what happened and what your connection needs to be. <laughs> they were on a plane. A zombie happened. <laughs> then they got off the plane <laughs> because it crashed. Well, also, kinda... there's a character there that you followed the whole time, sort of. <laughs> okay, because I kind of got that. That was kind of assumed. I just, you know, I don't know the full details of her character. So. I, I'm pre- there's no there's no details beyond she seems to know more than the others seem to know. Right. That's the extent okay. of the character, and the most we got out of her was from this episode, and not from the very silly web series that we've been happy covering on this podcast. So what you're so- telling me is I don't need to go back and watch that well you can to give it some context i mean it's only going to be what 10 minutes long not even i mean how long is flight 462 15 minutes I well mean, based off based off of um of uh, nigro's post um it's like a 14 minute thing in total or something that's yeah so i mean but, it, it may be worth a watch just to give it some context i mean uh, i mean that yeah. would be taking 14 minutes away from listening to good quality programming and entertainment like out now with aaron and abe <laughs> exactly. That's that's the key that you really need to realize. And I would say it's it'd almost be like me trying to recommend this show by saying you should watch the first season. I don't think that's worth it. I think you'd probably pick this up where it left off. <laughs> <laughs> well, Richard, we well, seem to think we, we seem to know what you think about this episode, unless you want to add something else before well, we get no, started. <laughs> I mean, with all that, and I mean a lot of that, I'm just j- joking around. But I mean, with that said. I really did enjoy this episode. I think this is the first one where there wasn't any moments other than the, oh my God, he's going in the fuselage moment, Um, which I didn't totally hate, but still, it just figures with that character. But I, I, I thought there was some weird editing choices in the beginning of the episode, but other than that, I I felt it was pretty solid. Um, I think that, you know, the character's, seem to be gelling a little more together i like that madison you know didn't have any problem just going to strand and being like you know wtf mexico you know so i mean i i think that this that this episode is leaps and bounds better above than any episode we've had to date so yeah in terms yeah. of like the characters for sure and yeah we can get into yeah. that because i do think there's a lot more there's key things involving yeah Madison Strand in particular that work for this episode and just the yeah. way things play out. I, I would agree. I, I would say it's definitely getting better. It seems like each episode is getting a little bit better than the last, so that's good. I mean, we have a long way to go, I think, for this plot and the story to really pick up the pace, and there's still a lot of vitriol out there on the internet and a lot of hate for this series. I'm going to say hate, and I mean that word hate because, I mean, 
There's a lot of fans, serious fans of The Walking Dead that just are not buying into this show. Although the ratings are probably just fine, although I haven't pulled them up. They're just they 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 can't wait for the story to just pick up already and just all right let's go let's but go. But they're still watching it. So, oh yeah. You know, I mean, come on. But one more thing, uh, my general over the whole episode is I have to say this: that cold opening is probably the fa- my favorite one of the series so far. Even with the crazy music, I thought it all worked very well. <laughs> I I I really like that opening. How's it go? Wah? Would you say what was it? <laughs> no, it is good. They're editing it very tight. You're right. And in fact, I had to rewind it and watch it a couple of times because it happened so quick. And I'll, I'll go through it real quick in the synopsis. But you didn't know what really happened there in the cold open. Right. It was, it's right. the, the tight, tight, quick edits. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so let's get right into it. Episode three. Uh, it, <laughs> it's distracting you when you do it. Episode three entitled Ouroboros, directed by Stefan <laughs> Schwartz, <laughs> written by... Written by Alan Page. So we open up in the cold open. We're on the water, and we see you know plain debris out there in, in the water. It's nighttime. Alex, which we've come to find her name is, the Asian lady we called her in Flight 462, she rises to the surface gasping for air, and she's looking for her friend, the little kid, uh, screaming Jake. Well, I shouldn't say kid. Teenager. Jake. Jake. Uh, and she finds him. And he's really badly burned. She flipped over his body, and he's floating there, but his face is like kind of half burned off. It was kind of freaky. I just I, I call him not Tobias. Not yeah, he has the same haircut as Tobias, but it's not Tobias. Correct. I thought okay. that too. Yeah. Yeah. So Jake is his name now. It's 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 we, we know who he is. Um, if anything, he will been really always clever. be Tobias. Do not defile the name of Toby. Oh no, to- Toby is 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 revered. Okay, amongst amongst this this crowd, that's for sure. If the show if the show was really clever, that web series would have followed Tobias, and he would have been the one that got on the plane, and then it would turn into his story where we watch that in a web series. At least I'd be more on board with the idea because it's like, oh, Tobias is there, and he's like the one we follow, and then he meets the the woman and everything. Yeah, I guess it could have happened. So what would it would have happened? Toby would have flew saying? flew away and then came yeah, back to L.A. Like he was on the way back home or something. Is that what it was? Or well, like how like they would have structured it a little differently or whatever. But it would have been like Tobias gets on the plane and he's you know on the plane and all that stuff that happens happens and then it crash back, crashes back down again. And so he's like already you already have like an in character for that for like four six two right and right right like but, kind of holds into the show. But you're ignoring the obvious. Toby's triumphant return will be in Mexico because that's who Strand's talking to on the radio. <laughs> I, I give hope to these kind of things. Yes, I do. <laughs> as ridiculous as that sounds, I, I would hope that that might happen too. So every week you seem to have a different prediction about Toby. I mean, last time you said he was going to come uh, over the hilltop with like ninja swords and have walkers on chains as pets I, no, so, I, to be fair i said i said he's like the end of this season like michonne in season two where he has like walkers behind him and oh, okay, he has like okay. a katana I, I didn't suggest anything this week i just agree with the idea of what <laughs> of what chubb's throwing out there <laughs> i i'm welcome to any kind of t- toby theories or, or teories as i call them teories that's great <laughs> yeah. well we'll table that Toby's. Where where in the world is toby we hope we'll see him soon. So getting back to the cold open, well, we see a yellow rubber life raft with three male survivors in it. I'm going to name them real quick. There's uh, redhead number one. There's redhead <laughs> number two in the striped shirt. And there's a suit guy with the paddle, okay, or suit dick, oh, however suit you guy. want to call it. Yeah, we can call him suit dick if you want because he really does act like a dick. Um, they pull Alex and Jake into the raft. But redhead number one falls out in the process of getting Alex into the raft. I had to rewind this and see 
how he fell out, but really he just kind of just falls out somehow, you know, yeah, in the water. He's an idiot. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> they, they pull him, or suit guy pulls him back into the raft, but notices that while he was in the water for a few seconds, something took a chunk out of his right leg, presumably is, a Is that walker. the same guy that ends up in the intake? No, that would be redhead number two, which I'll get okay. to in a moment. There's redhead one, redhead two, and suit guy, all right? So redhead one, unfortunately, got bit while he was in the water. Suit guy then just doesn't even say anything, just takes a swing with his paddle right at redhead number one's head, and he falls into the water, and we, like, I'm assuming, left for dead. Yeah, this episode's full of merciless kills. <laughs> I mean, that was just brutal. I'm like, okay... I mean, the guy could have lived for a little while before he turned. It could have given him, you know, a little bit of a time, but no, he just swung, took him out. That was it. And, and this also, brings this up whole, a question. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Aaron. I was going to say this whole intro is like the worst version of Unbroken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and with less sharks. I've had <laughs> Sharknado. I, you bring up the they found the bite and and whatnot, and it brings up a question that I've had in my mind even throughout the entire walking dead proper and fear the walking dead and that is with the whole bite thing in this universe does mccarricone not exist because my grandmother says that would that it fixes every ouchie <laughs> so I, what's going on that that, that and a warm cup of, of chicken noodle soup of course oh yeah oh yeah. yeah i think these people they i mean come on try something i mean they're just now learning this i mean Come on, it's a bite. You don't know there might have been a piranha in the water. Just, you know, chill out. Yeah, I mean, it's there was really harsh judgment there. Guy swung, took his head out. I mean, I don't know if he died. Maybe just knocked him unconscious. But either way, he fell off the, the, the raft. And then we kind of zoom out at that moment when we see tons of floating debris. So they just kind of give us a little perspective. Did we cut? We fast forward in time a little bit, and, and the suit man want, is discussing with Alex. They want to throw Jake overboard because he's weak. Or he's weakened, he's rotting due to his illnesses. He's going to go any moment now. She obviously protects him. But then we cut to night now. It's another, another time jump. And suit guy tries to sneak up on sleeping Jake and kill him. But Alex stabs him with something. Now, were those the knitting needles that she stabbed him with, guys? Is that what, what, what she did? I couldn't tell what she stabbed him with. I, I couldn't tell either. Okay. Hardwick mentioned them on the Talking Dead to her, something about those needles, and knew that they would wind up in somebody. or So... <laughs> I'm thinking that that is what she used. Okay, so she still had the knitting needles. Okay, but it's hard to tell. It, it really is dark. Is. I mean, it's hard. Yeah, to, yeah. I, I mean, just you know, Tyrese has a hammer. She has a knitting needle. It's weapon of choice time. <laughs> so she stabs him in the chest, and then he ends up obviously overboard because she killed him. Um, and then Alex and then Redhead Number Two, or Redhead in striped shirt. Okay, uh, they're still arguing what to do with Jake the next day. It's daylight now. Redhead simply wants to throw him out of the raft again. Um, and that's it. That's the last we see of it. It, it. We don't know what happens to Redhead number two. It just that's it. And then it cuts to the your lovely tone that you you do. Uh, yes, it goes to. <laughs> so so the thing is is the assumption is that the redhead the redhead number two was going to help and put the dude out of his misery, and she did unto him as she did unto Suit Dick. See, and it's, it's not resolved in this episode. All we know is he ends up in the intake of the boat. That's the guy with the striped shirt that ends up right. with his arm up in the right. boat. All right, so somehow he didn't make it. Let's just put it that way. But they don't. we don't go into it. We don't Maybe know. he died trying to fist the boat. <laughs> Wait, well, so what are, what's, the, what's the argument about this? Well, I, I mean, we don't see how this guy gets killed. He's just we, we just see him later on in the water with his hand stuck up the boat dead. I, I just assumed that she 
wh- whacked him in the head with a something with a or or something because he was going to do the same thing suit dick did. right because he kept I saying feel, we got we got to yeah. throw out uh, jake Although overboard i think right. it was kind of kind of crappy on on her part in a way which i get where she's coming from you know to a point but he's even saying it's okay kill me you right know? jake was saying that right just come on yeah, let me go made, and i mean if you a, really care a, about in somebody in a forgettable web series, she made a promise to get this kid back to her parents, and so that's what she's going to do. Oh, okay. <laughs> See, I didn't know that part. <laughs> well, either way, we don't know how, how this, this redhead number two met his demise, but we know he ends up dead somewhere later down in the episode. After the opening... Well, I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, you could piece it together. Either he tried to attack and she pushed him out, or he just, you know, the shenanigans happened in general involving other walkers or something in the water, and he fell out again. I mean, and then, you know, bit and died. So somehow he just didn't make it. It's left to our imagination. I mean, we can think that, that Alex was being a hero and just disposed of this person to protect Jake, I suppose. Or, I mean, he, tried, or he tried to swim to the boat because he saw it and then got caught in the undercurrent. Hmm. Okay, so something could that, happen that way. Mm. That I mean, that's could... not a real theory. That's just, like, whatever. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's left up to our imagination. It doesn't get resolved. Yeah. Yeah, fair. so we really don't know. But um, so after the opening, we see Strand on the bridge. He's using his satellite phone again, trying to reach his mysterious contact. There seems to be a bad connection, but he it's says out. to the person that they're 80 miles away from where they're trying to get to, from a certain landmark. We cut to Travis and Maddie in bed. They start to get down to business. So brown bi- chicken, brown cow. They try to get down to business, but the boat That's engine the sees up. and Connect Four. Yes, <laughs> but they hear the engines uh, seize up in the boat. So Travis then again they, they do some good editing. It's like they do these little time jumps. But Travis gets some repair manuals and determines that something is blocking the water intake under the boat, which is used to cool the engines or what have you. He volunteers to scuba suit up and pull whatever is blocking the port. Madison, of course, objects. She does this whole episode. She objects to really everything. Uh, no, you can't go. It's too dangerous. That's not how we decide things, she says. However, while underwater, Travis, he finds exactly what has blocked the hole. It's redhead number two with the striped shirt. His arm is sucked into the intake, and Travis does this major freak out underwater. It was a good Jaws scene. Yeah, it did remind me that that Richard Dreyfus in the in the cage. Yeah, it kind of yeah, had me that. Ben, ben, ben yeah. Gardner, Ben Gardner's head pops out of the, the thing in Jaws. <laughs> it was, was a this? good scene, but it was very telegraphed. You know, saw it coming. Yeah. Well, yeah, you don't think there's you know, Kirk character goes into murky water. It's completely dark, and like something's going to happen. Like, it's, like it would have been would have been shocking if he just went down there. He's like, oh, I fixed it, and then like, like get back up, and nothing happens. Like that'd be fun. <laughs> So we cut was to this, was this oh. before did, did Strand talk about the the whole you, you, the help thing? Was yeah, that, that's the next scene. That's right. I'm that's reading the, that right now. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so okay. Travis and Strand are inside the engine room, and then uh, you see Travis pulling the rotten corpse debris. It stinks out of this filtration system, and just a lot of gunk that's in there. And Travis tells Strand, "Look, it'll take probably a whole day to estimate." Uh, 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 he thinks to repair this damage. So Strand orders him to do it faster. He's like, "I need it done faster than that." And Travis says, "Well, look, I'm not the help." And then Strand goes into full, uh, yeah. I guess what was it? We uh, he's in Winston Wolf. Mode. Yeah, I was just he's thinking a, that. He, I, I couldn't think of the it name was, right. It's a complete Pulp Fiction reference, which which killed me. I was I was so happy with. He's like, pretty pleased with sugar on top. Fix the goddamn boat. That's what he, he says. <laughs> that but the yeah. when, he's, but, uh, when Travis says um, I'm not the help, he says clearly, and that that line got me too. Like Strand's just killing it. This episode. Oh, he's yeah. just yeah. yeah. This was, I mean, a good scene, but this is what I was talking about where there were weird editing choices. You know, 
you have to do multiple takes from different angles for the cameras and whatnot. And it just seemed like there was different lighting. I don't know. It was really jarring the way this whole scene was edited. I don't, I don't think they made some good choices, especially with the great dialogue and acting that was going on yet. Do you mean in the engine room, like they could have used a better take or something like it was a rough take that they ended up putting in the episode? Is that what you were saying? Because I kind of well, noticed it, that, too. If it that's was what like you mean. it's like they had some good takes and then they they had different angles, but those takes didn't come out quite as well. Mm-hmm. And it, OK, you could, I don't know. I, I, it didn't detract from the story, but. You know, it was such a good scene, and it was really weird, weirdly edited to me. So yeah, they probably could have cut it, wove it together a little bit better at that point. But so we cut to Daniel and Ophelia's cabin, and he notices that her gunshot wound in her shoulder is not healing and it's infected. And she basically says, "I've taken all my antibiotics. There's none left." Uh, so Daniel then says, "Well, we gotta, you know, we gotta take care of our own here. Uh, we're gonna have to find some more." On the top deck, Alicia is running towards Madison, and Strand has another great line here. He says, I know you're not running on my deck. (laughs) To Alicia. If you didn't know, it's Strand's boat. It is Strand's boat. It's his goddamn boat, and that's it. (laughs) So Alicia is excited because she spotted the luggage and more debris and remains of the aircraft on this kind of dune area of a beach, and she hatches a plan, really herself, to go ashore and gather some much-needed supplies. And then all the kids it's, chime in. Yeah. It's the most obvious plan. I don't know why there was even debate about it. I was like, look at all this stuff that's over there. We need stuff. Let's go get that stuff. Like, thanks. Well, Madison <laughs> is, is a naysayer. She goes, no, no, it's not yeah. safe. There could be infected in the water. And no, no. I mean, she's yeah, just, I know. she's yeah. in full Lori mode right now. Okay. Um, but Nick, Chris, and Daniel all agree it's a good plan. And they basically just do it. They overrule her. Uh, Daniel pulls Maddie aside, though, before they leave and says that he's discovered that their true destination is Mexico. So he kind of plants that seed in, in Madison's uh, head. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad Captain Nick Old Man Clothes, his new name, he's um, really uh, stepping up when he needs to and getting stuff done. Well, well he's you know, probably thinking about addict. drugs. He's probably thinking about yeah, getting he, scoring. He was, yeah. but at the same time, I do think there are good intentions he has as well. Yeah. And, and, yeah. No, it was, it was good. It was good. The dinghy gets ashore. And they see the remains of the crashed aircraft. Luggage everywhere. Uh, Daniel asks everyone to stay within eyesight of him. Well, of course, we know what happens. Chris decides well, to even, wander yeah, off. All, all of them do. Even Daniel's, like, kind of all over the place. Like, it's, just, it's like the most ramshackle scavenger operation. Yeah, it wasn't, well, it wasn't very tight. It wasn't the, the tight uh, ninja group that, you know, we, we've seen. In, uh, <laughs> that's like Rick's group is, you know, the, the tight operation. This, this was... This was definitely uh Well, Rick's group are like SWAT. They're going, they're going in. They have like they're back to back with their guns pointed at everything. They're like making hand signals that most of them probably don't even understand, but they're just acting like they're cool to do it. Like it's just all that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, Chris has to wander off, and I, I even wrote this in my notes. I go, "This kid better die soon." That's my exact notes. I wrote it down right there. I'm getting real tired of this kid just doing this this nonsense. It's like he, I don't know, whatever. Alicia and Nick. I get the yeah, whole defiant, the whole defiant teenager thing, but there there comes a point where common sense has to weigh in, and this child lacks every fiber of common sense that he should have. Yeah. So, so I understand why he is the way he is. I've, man, my ex wife's uh, nephew was the same way. Just would not listen. Just purposely. <laughs> 
He was always drawn in walkers when he didn't want them. Exactly. I cannot tell you how many times. It gets expensive when you lose so many Phillips head screwdrivers because you can't get them out of the zombie's head. Anyway, but I mean, I just. We're tired of it. We're in a whole new world now that the rules don't apply. 15 year old kids are old enough to have to, you know, real face and realize what this world has become. And the adults don't get that, you know? So I, I, I get that. But at the same time, why are you walking into a fuselage? He's a punk. Okay. Well, He's just a punk. You do that. Why would you, I just go get, Go get the girl or Nick or whatever. It's, I mean, I just don't get it. The kid has why, no why would you walk into a street riot in Los Angeles in the middle of a race riot? Why would you do that? Why? Or a police riot, whatever you want to call it. Why would he do that? Got to be on the scene, man. Got to be the first there. Got to know what you're doing. <sighs> I'm part of something, Dad. I'm part of it. Ugh. it, 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 it he's just he's a punk. All right? That's it. Although, to tell you the truth, watching him, the actor, uh, Lorenzo, on the Talking Dead, I like him. Like he seems like a pretty cool kid, or yeah, a, like yeah. A, a decent. He's a little, you know, whatever. But I like him better than his character. Again, like I don't like this character. Well, yeah, at all. I'm never yeah. gonna assume like the you know the actors are just bad people that are purposely writing the scripts for themselves to do terrible things. <laughs> but that's, <laughs> that'd be interesting. But at the same time, no. Like I assume, yeah, the actor's probably you know a nice person or whatnot. He's only doing what's required of him. It's not like he's like well, hey, I have a guy, I have an idea, guys. Why don't I just go off and piss everybody off again? <laughs> I, I think that the character's written to be bratty and whiny to a point, but you, you have to do it. You have to do it with the right amounts and, and reel it in when it needs to be reeled in. And I don't think that this actor quite gets that because it, it's obviously uh, opposite to his you know real life persona. So yeah, but there's, it's just, there's not I a way to act that differently. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's just. Uh, I mean, it's, even on Walking Dead like proper, there's a lot of the... there's a lot of characters we like that you like, like Carol, for example. I mean, she's putting her all in everything she does in Walking Dead proper. I just don't like the thing that she's doing. But it doesn't vex us like this. This kid's vexing us. I'm getting real tired know. of watching I, I, this guy. I, I, I mean, yeah. I would say some of the Carol stuff vexed me as far as like seeing her, you know, put on the charade stuff and all that yeah. stuff that we were talking. About the proper yeah, show was going on. And I agree with you. Like, I'm not, you know, happy with Chris's actions, especially when we get to his horrible attempt at a mercy kill later on in this episode. But I mean, yeah, it's fail. Like, well, it's well, happening. So yeah. I'm guessing I'm going to deal with this now. <laughs> I'm just saying, I can buy into the whole teenage angst, the rebellion, you know, going off and just being like, I can do this on my own. I, I, I get all that. It's just that it's like he way overplays it. Way. You know, right, and right. not a director yet has been able to recognize that or be willing to say, or maybe, maybe I'm just dumb. I don't know. But it just go, dude, Lorenzo, dial it down a notch. It's, you know? it's, it's not an acting thing, though, Job. It's, it's a writing thing. It's, a, it's always a writing thing. Like, it's not, like he's doing what is required of him. I, there's no, like, the... No, I agree. The, 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 I'm that, just saying that same, it seems the like he's adding... I, I don't I don't see it. I don't see like there's like if he dials down acting how that makes me less annoyed with his character. He still wanders off. He still does horrible mercy kill stuff. He still is an an asshole to his father. Like that, that's not I don't see that playing off differently if he just dialed right. down. And I like, mean, hold I, on. I, I think though, no, hold on. I, I'm going to disagree with a little bit there. And, and I hear what you're saying though. I think on paper 
this Chris seems pretty normal and logical and teen angst, and it looks great. Right. But the way it's being displayed in front of my eyes is not pleasing at all. It doesn't make sense to me. It's just it's it's annoying. That's what I'm saying. But I the understand what you're saying. Right. The motivations of the character for acting the way he does and everything else makes perfect sense. It just seems like he's over exaggerating things and scenes. Like you know, it's you need to you need to stomp off from it from the group in this scene and instead he you know practically goose steps off you know i mean that's an extreme <laughs> example <laughs> but i'm just saying is is his facial expressions and and the tone in his voice and the way he expresses it it just seems like he's you know you know mark hamilton you know hanging off the weather vane of cloud if he was the only problem with this show, then I would be more inclined to agree. But because the show has other, you know, issues that are related to all the actors and all the way the direction is handled, I have to put it on more on the directors and showrunners that are seeing these dailies and thinking, "Yep, we got it." Let's oh, move on no, to next scene. no, I'm not. I'm not saying he's to blame. You know, I'm just saying is I don't. I don't. I don't know who's doing it. I don't know if the director's not stopping him or if the director's. You know, I. I just. I don't know. It's just. That character could be meaningful, but it's just not. <laughs> not working. It's not. It's we can not, we can agree it's not working. Let's just leave it there, I guess. And I agree it's not working. I yeah, just, I think he'd be annoying no matter what because he's written to be annoying. Mm. So Alicia and Nick gather some clothes on on the beach from some luggage. Nick puts on that captain's uniform shirt. And uh, then we cut again to Chris. He, f he finally wanders off far enough, and he finds that other section of fuselage. And inside he finds a walker strapped to the seat with an um, oxygen mask on. And then somebody else who he thinks is a walker, but ends up being a survivor who wakes well, he up. He thinks he's just dead, I think. He just or thinks dead. Because he's, he's dead. Yeah. Right. And he wakes yeah, up and really, It doesn't really matter. He's just, like, cautious about this other thing that's also there. Yeah, then he wakes up. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, he kind of wakes up and says, help me or help me or something. And then uh, that was pretty freaky. I'm like, okay, wow, that was, okay. The guy's still alive. Uh, we cut to back to the boat. Maddie confronts strand about their true destination and strand explains that there's this look there's a there's a town outside um uh, i'm sorry outside of a town called rosarito there's a safe house with food and water and, and concrete walls it's safe he goes we can we can make it there but we have to get there but on so the way I've out been, i've yeah. been to rosarito so the show acknowledges that rosarito exists but catalina island does not exist catalina doesn't <laughs> exist it's called katrina but this this does work okay. right yeah okay. <laughs> And Liberty City, like you said, is coming up soon, right? Or Vice City. That'll be yeah, next season, right. right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, on the way out, though, Maddie threatens Strand that if he looks at or harms her family, looks at the family the wrong way, she will throw him overboard. And he replies to her, you are not a killer. And she just kind of stands there, you know, scowling at him if a little this, bit. If this show was awesome, it would just be like Strand picks her up and throws her off the boat and then that gives her a talking to about who's the captain. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, then throws like a uh, what's it a, a like a buoy back at her and gets a life preserver, like a, like a round life preserver. Here, here you go. Exactly. Yeah. I'm the <laughs> That's the show. Where Strand, where Strand just says, where Strand just blindsides her, throws her overboard, gives her a big speech, and then brings her back on the ship to make sure he made his point. It's my goddamn boat. Yeah. <laughs> Rich, did you have something or? Uh... No. Oh, okay. No. I was I was just you know I'm the captain now. I'm the captain. <laughs> <laughs> on the beach, Nick spots Daniel looking 
hard for pills for Ophelia. And he says, look, man, you, you don't know what you're doing. Look for the, look for the antibiotics. Look for the painkillers. I'll help you go through this. But then Daniel notices that Chris is missing. And he starts on his quest to now go find Chris. The, gr- the greatest kind of quest, which involves yelling loudly in unknown locations. <laughs> <laughs> in the middle of a zombie apocalypse. Yes, that's, that's a great idea. Yes. Yes. We have no idea what's going on. Might as well yell loudly and attract all the attention I can. <laughs> uh, here we go again. So back in the plane, Nick tries to help the surviving passenger, but he doesn't really think straight or doesn't really size Chris it. Chris does. I'm sorry. Chris. You're right. I, I, excuse me. Chris is in the plane to help the surviving passenger, but doesn't really think straight. He unbuckles him, but didn't realize that the seat was in a certain way or whatever. As soon as he unbuckled the seatbelt... He didn't realize how gravity worked. That yes, he forgot for a moment how gravity was supposed to work. And this poor guy falls down horribly. And then we see that when he did, his spine is actually sticking out of his back. At least half of his back is just sticking out. Yeah, his like, vertebrae. The crash, is, the crash has ruined this guy's yoga plan. Yeah, Pilates are going to be stopped for, for pretty much forever at this point. You're right. So It looked gnarly, too. I was like, God. It was, <laughs> that is... Yeah. That is, like... like I, I assume he was probably paralyzed at that point, but like there's no there's no way he's not in like searing pain from all of that that's happening. Yeah, I mean his back is torn apart. Yeah, there's no way he was definitely gonna go. And whatever um, other internal injuries he had, like that's like like <laughs> this guy does not go out well, guys. Like this is the worst possible death beyond like like drowning. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, I, I, I think it would have been more merciful for him to just let the guy bleed out and die than to do his quote mercy killing that he did well yeah if, damn. If, if chris wasn't so horrible at, at doing what he was doing yes bleeding out would have been a much better way to go but boy did that not happen this was just ridiculous so in his infinite wisdom chris took this piece of twisted metal he found on the way into the plane and he beats the guy on the head and he does it like two whacks he goes whack whack but then you see the guy is still alert like he he didn't hit him hard enough to really make him unconscious or anything and his nope. eyes turn towards Chris. It's really creepy. <laughs> then he finally finishes up with like six or seven more whacks. This is why there needs to be some kind of really big payoff to all the stuff we have to deal with with Chris. There has to be either some kind of father-son reconciliation or, yeah, just a surprise kill to get rid of this person because I don't know how else we're supposed to like deal with like this kid who's just, he was going through these horrible things and like killing walkers and now trying you know, try to put people out of their misery and failing miserably at it. Like, yeah. it's, it's awful. It, it's right. just terrible. I mean... And we we can all speculate. Well, how would you have mercy killed this guy? Like how how would you have done it? I don't know. Well, something that you... goes in easily, like you know, something that you stab in and think out again. It's instant. Not like bashing somebody. Bashing so, is not the easy way to go. Slit his throat. Not... Slit his throat. Stab him in the head. Stab him somewhere in the heart. Just just do it quick. Something right? that does it quick. That you're that you're aware of how to do it quick. Not making it up on the spot with your little girly arms like Chris does. No offense <laughs> to the women that are much stronger than Chris. <laughs> Hey, like uh, if this was Daryl, you know, he'd rip his head off. <laughs> <laughs> so we see then Daniel's then wandering through the desert looking for Chris. And then Nick finds a bag full of medication and pills. So that was a good little score for him. Looks like he found some antibiotics and some other pharmaceuticals. We don't really know exactly what the score was, but he seemed pretty happy finding that black little bag. Uh, well, I, I think yeah. there are like along with whether or not he's still looking for, you know, drugs. There's also the, like, there's a minor infatuation going on between him and, like, Ophelia. So oh, yes. it's like if he can help in some way, you know, he's, you know, happy to help. And, you know, hey, I got this thing, and now I'm your hero, Captain Nick Old Man Clothes. 
<laughs> and she even made a comment about the old man clothes. She goes, yeah, what, what she you, did. She said geriatric something or other. What did she say? Uh, it was cute, though. Yeah. But either way. Then Daniel and Alex come running from over. Uh, I'm sorry. Daniel sees Alex, who, you know, again, is the Asian lady from Flight 462. She comes running over the hill, just over the sandy dune hill. And she runs right to Daniel and says, you better run. They're coming. And as soon as she does that, she keeps running, and sure enough, a whole horde of walkers come right over the hill and start heading right towards Daniel. Honestly, there's no reason I thought there should be a panic here, let alone a reason to wait. When you're saying you need to run, okay, let's just go. Like, they're, they're called walkers. <laughs> <laughs> now, let me talk about that for a second. Has anyone called them walkers on this, ser- this no. Year- series? No, they call them infected. Yeah. They're infected, infected. right? Okay, so that, that's obviously done very deliberately then to distinguish the two shows, and, right? Well, okay. and they must really ingrain it in their heads because even on the Talking Dead, when yeah. the actors are talking about it, they refer to them as the infected and not walkers. Not walkers. Hmm. Well, it's it's like you know, it's 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 a shorter period of time since they've appeared on this show, and it's more about like a thought that it could be some it's some kind of disease. Like that's the automatic thought where you know the, the Southerners over <laughs> in Georgia, they're, like, they, they, they're walkers. <laughs> We got some walkers on our bones. <laughs> they all talk like bad impressions of Kevin Spacey and House of Cards in my version of the show. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. The never knew how to elect him to Senate, but he'll certainly try. Well, and the governor called them biters, right? I mean, there's been different all, terms for them the throughout idea is the that series. They all have different ways of, yeah, of yeah. relating to what they are and associating to give them different you know, yeah, yeah. names. Then we cut to Nick. He sees a walker stuck in the mud, kind of in a little pit being eaten up by crabs on the beach. Very cool scene. I, I guess it was awesome CG, scene. but it was so cool. I loved it. Loved it so much. I I liked <laughs> it to a point. So it's quicksand, for one thing. That's okay. Saying, they're in the sand. It's quicksand. Uh, right. if that's what it I was. Like, sure. I like seeing that. Mm-hmm. That said, <laughs> those crabs, they, they were so like they were so CG to me. And I understand like you can only do so much. I'm like, <laughs> none of these crabs are real. <laughs> And also, you have an addict who falls into the pit, so he's basically he's he's, he's hit his he's hit his bottom. He's, he's, it's it very just nails it on the head. It's like I'm at the at the bottom of my addiction here. I'm literally scrawling around in the dirt, rock bottom, looking for drugs and whatnot. Like, and I like where it goes from there. But it's like, all right, I get it. Cool visual, I guess. Quicksand. You don't see that very often. And now he'll be slowly digested for a thousand years. <laughs> yeah. The Sarlacc pit is that what that is? Okay, so. I mean, Nick falls into the quicksand somehow and manages to slip in there, but he, he stabs... Somehow's a good question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he stabs the guy in the head, uh, the one that's being eaten by the crabs, but then suddenly, I guess, a noise attracted another walker to come into the pit, and we don't really see how Nick disposes of him, but we, you know, he kind of falls right on top of him at that point. So Alicia finds Chris at the other fuselage section, she sees blood on him and asks, "Hey, did you did you kill one in there?" Meaning a walker, not a poor uh, injured person that was still alive. <laughs> he bashed over the head, um, and then suddenly they all seem to reassemble at the beachhead where the rubber boat is, except for Nick, who's still missing. He's still in that pit. And as the beach is being stormed by walkers, Daniel orders the group, "Hey, grab something quick. We need to. We got to defend ourselves here." So Alicia, Chris. Uh, Daniel and even Alex all hack away at these approaching walkers, and they're really just doing a pretty good job of just kind of disposing of them with these headshots, so I guess wax to the head with whatever they found on the beach. 
But I wanted I, to ask. I get. Yeah. I, I I get how this happened, and they're not the most experienced in terms of fighting off walkers or diverting them or whatnot. But at the same time, I'm still wondering how did this happen? How did they get cornered into like the one corner of an island and have to deal with the shore and have to deal with this to this extent? It was extreme. See, I was thinking about that. I guess that's the problem with the beach, right? I guess that's the ultimate problem with it. I mean, yeah, you're safe on one side somewhat. I mean, you really can't go in the water too much, but they can just come storming at you in a straight line like that and just, I guess, corner you. You're stuck, right? I mean... Well, yeah. in the way that they position themselves, or it's not just they're on the, they weren't on the beach, they're on a cliff. Like a cliff, <laughs> like yeah. cliff <laughs> yeah. the, the, And the zombies definitely, you know, had a good strategy in the way that they regimented up there, you know. They, they yeah, formed they're, a line, they're, right? Yeah. Very was, revolutionary warlike, you know, just yeah, very, it, fighting it, like it, zombie it, gentlemen. Aimlessly wander and eventually trap people that are too stupid to realize how to get out of their situation. <laughs> they like extras from the movie Zulu, huh? That's it. So, <laughs> button your tunic, you slovenly soldier. So, I, I don't know if you guys noticed something really, though. This bothered me. There was this weird metallic sound whenever they made a contact with one of these walkers' heads. It was a clang, clang, clang. Did you guys notice that? That they added this weird sound effect in there? Well, because that was like Chris was using his metal thing or like whatever, like they're using, or whatever. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, they're using stuff that like you know they can't use lightsaber sound, so they use the next best thing when it comes to foley effects for their random pieces <laughs> of metal they use to fight walkers. I just from the again, I, I hate comparing the show to the other one, but it's hard not to. The gritty realism of The Walking Dead. I mean, suspending disbelief that zombies are there. It's pretty right. real. The, the gun sounds and the knife sounds and the stabbing. That was just took me right out of it for a moment. I'm like, what is this stupid Wait. twang thing? You know, it's like, come on. Well, I mean, again, that that always brings me back to the opening theme of this show. I wish if the I wish the show was just more, <laughs> I, I wish the show was just more B movie camp, and then it could really embrace those you know random genre show choices. But instead, it's still just you know nitty gritty, yeah, <laughs> super serious, super dark. Uh, yeah, it just took me out of it though. Whatever it was, it just took me took me right out. But either way, uh, so when it seems they're about to be overrun, Nick appears in his captain's shirt completely covered in blood. His head, his hair, his neck, his throat, his shirt, totally covered in gore. And he just starts totally distracting and, and taking out a lot of these walkers that were about to overrun the group. I thought he, he goes into berserker rage mode. Yeah. 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 It was definitely pretty crazy. I mean, it was good, though. I thought it was a pretty cool little scene. Yeah, well, I and I guys, like what it led that he was to. blending, like he was kind of blending with them, so he can kind of take them out while so not being attacked by them. Yeah, but I I like how they had him, and that they chose his character to discover that you know something that we all know from Walking Dead, reading the comics, and from the first season of the Walking Dead show. But you know, rather than force it cheesily into something, I like how it was discovered. Oh, I agree. I, yeah, it was pretty I, I cool. Agree. Yeah. There, yeah. So there's a commercial in between that, and then we see, you know, again, Nick created a diversion that allows him to escape, but he then turns back towards the horde that he was fleeing from, and he stares down this one walker, just kind of stands right in his face, and they kind of growl at each other a little bit, but he realizes at that moment that the camouflage trick really worked. Yeah. Which I thought was Which a little dangerous. A bit, I thought that was a little, little risky, but I mean, it is. It's also a bit different because the idea of the camouflage not only can you just you know blend in from looking or smelling like or whatever you want to call it, but you also have to you know act like them. 
it's not like he's acting like him. He's, he is ferociously beating them around. Yeah, and he's like, ah, he's doing a little, little growling too in front of the guy's mouth, and it was it was it was cool. I thought it was pretty neat. I mean, it was definitely gutsy, if anything. I and I guess the way he got the blood, I, I don't I don't understand this either. They didn't they didn't really cover this. Did he accidentally get that blood on his face? Or did no, I think I, it's a it's a build up from when the other walkers fell on top. Yeah, of Yeah, yeah, I okay. think you know and whatever it, he had to do to get out of quicksand. So it yeah. just it covered him accidentally. You think, or do you think he actually physically painted himself with the blood? No, no. I'm I'm I was I think I felt that they were insinuating that you know he battled and got that blood on him. That's what I thought too. That's exactly what I thought. But then. Okay, I guess we'll who know maybe we won't we'll never know but so we cut uh, then to the scene where the dinghy is towing the yellow rifle life raft with Alex and then Jake on board so they're towing it back to the Abigail. As soon as they get back to the Abigail, the Abigail boat, where, where yeah. was the yellow boat stations? They, they didn't show that either. And wh where was Jake oh. this whole time? Yeah, like, that's what I was because she ran over the hill. So I was like, did they like circle back around and get her boat too, or like was what she was exploring? I, I don't know. Like you didn't, they didn't show any of that. Yeah, because if our survivors came ashore, then at, they they would have, I guess, you know, seen the yellow boat with a guy in it at some point, right? So it's like I wasn't sure where, where it came from. It, I'm it, sure she probably pulled it up on land somewhere. I would. Well, it was on like, a beachhead somewhere, right? Somewhere down the beach, that, maybe. Okay. Was she there like the whole time, or did she get there after they got there? I think she was there before they got there, and she's maybe exploring the land, like looking around. Yeah, I think you know. she had gone further inland and somehow, you know, spooked a, 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 a not so much of a horde that turned into a horde. So coming so after. again, so again, where did the where did the where was the yellow boat parked if she got there before they did? Well, I think it was probably stuck on the beach somewhere. Maybe she tucked it away on the on the beach with Jake I, in it, okay. and then it's she was exploring the land. Smash. It yeah. was a weird smash cut because I'm like, wait, where did the where where did she park? It was, <laughs> like, it was so I guess, like like when yeah. once Nickel once Captain Nickel man clothes fought <laughs> off the zombies for them, <laughs> then then they like got back to their boat and she like ran down the beach where she hid her boat to get her boat and then they're just right next to each oh, other. Well, she says when no, she, she says makes, when they get in the boat, she says we have to make one stop. One stop, right? So it's somewhere up the shore, somewhere. Oh. Yeah, right. Okay, yeah, it's got to be somewhere nearby. I was just I was writing material for nickel man joke clothes. So, I, mean, that's, I was just distracted by that, so I couldn't think of where, where things were happening. So we get back to the boat, and then Strand immediately says, "Absolutely no, not happening. Um, there is no room on the boat for where they're headed. Basically, where, where they're going, there's there's no room at the house. There's no room on the boat." Travis says, "All right, look, look, look. Let's just tow him." Let's just let's just tow them, all right? They're not going to come on the boat. They're not going to mess with us. They're not going to infect us. Just let's tow them. So finally, so like the next stop or whatever. Yeah, I, I guess just to get them somewhere away from yeah, that exactly. beach or away which from I, something. Which is completely reasonable. And as much as I champion Strand for being the most you know rational, pragmatic, and you know smart character on this series so far, I do think okay, we can tow them somewhere. That makes yeah. sense to me. It's not draining the resources well, of the boat yeah, all that much. I mean, yeah. here's the thing though. Uh, is I understand why he did what he did because oh, I do too. Because yeah, here's I, the I, thing: I, is is I feel that Travis and Maddie killed or or caused him to do that because why would? And plus, it was freaking creepy anyway. They just go out on the deck and stare at them. You know, having this forlorn look of, are we doing the right thing? Well, who's doing the staring? It's Maddie. Let's just let's just start right there. Right. It's her. But okay. I mean, Travis yeah. does later too. Travis is staring. You know, I mean, it just it's 
I get why Stranton, you know, because I know what he was thinking. They're sitting there staring at these at this girl uh, and this her guy, yeah. and 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 they're eventually going to go. You know what? Let's not just tow. Let's bring them on. And good point. You know, yeah. I just think I think that it's I I, I, I think it's a little deeper. I think it's a little deeper than that because Maddie's reaction to when Strand does cut the line, she doesn't like argue with him. She gets it too, and I think there's more and more of a kind of understanding between the three of these key, these key, three three key characters that's going on in this show, which is what's helping. It's what what makes this a better episode. It's because they're relating to each other more. No, I can agree. That I, there's, agree. I can agree. Yeah. There's maybe some. I can agree. There's maybe some sympathy to the the idea of like, well, what if we did bring him on? But at the same time, if Maddie wanted to make a big fuss about what Strand just did, she would have made a big fuss about it. Yeah. yeah, true. I'm just saying is Strand, you know, he made the compromise, but then ultimately he figures they're going to buckle. Somebody's going to buckle and demand, you know, and and then yes. it's going to happen again and again. And soon, you know, he's just got a boat full of people. Yeah, I, I understand. I, I, it makes sense what you said, though, why why he did, because I couldn't really figure out exactly why. I mean, you saw a scene. They, they, cut, they cut back and forth. You see Strand on the bridge pacing, thinking, like he's walking back and forth. He's trying to figure out what or why he's going to do what he's, what, he, what he's about to do. And then he just does it. He cuts the boat loose, and then that's it. They're, they're off to float kind of nowhere. But, and, um, and there's the hidden, the hidden variable of whatever it is that they're actually going to or where he's going to or who he's meeting up with. I mean, the less people that know about this thing, I imagine, is probably better for Strand. I see what you're saying. Okay, so he, he knows he has to keep his compatriots to a small number he can't he can't have a a large group show up to this house like i mean again as much as i champion strand i have no doubt that he would get rid of every single person on that boat if he could <laughs> so i don't know though but see i, I think that he finds there's some use for these people right now he finds that for right now exactly yeah, yeah. i mean once they run once they run out of usefulness or purpose you know like he could probably deal with like nick and that's it like, he wants that's, Nick. That's, that's, he, that, that's his first mate. The rest of them can go, right? That, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> there's also a little scene, though, before the very end where Nick, uh, I don't think there's any dialogue, but he sits next to Ophelia and he gives a rosary that he found on the beach to her. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I think they're trying to plant some seeds of some some deepening relationship, perhaps, between those two, which makes me think that probably she's going to be the first one to go. Yeah, that'll, that'll make up for the lost acillins and whatnot that he found. <laughs> yeah, the acillins and the cottons, right? That's it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's the end of the episode. He cuts, uh, Strand cuts the raft away, and we don't know what happens, Aaron, to poor Alex and Jake, the, the lone survivors of Flight 462, the doomed Flight 462. Do you want to speculate a little bit? I mean, is, is this the end? Are we ever going to see these people again? I liked her. I thought she was a great actress. She did a really good job in that to role. Be- to be continued, and I do believe they said this character would be joining the cast, so I don't think this is the last we'll see of them. Um, well, she technically joined. She joined the cast. The cast. Yeah, I of mean, this fair. episode. Well, well, we'll see what happens. I assume that like Toby will come out with like a bumper boat and like wheel him in where we'll see all three of them at some point. But you know, who knows? They'll be the West Coast survivors with uh, Toby. With uh, he'll have he'll have his his bat. <laughs> the others. <laughs> the others. <laughs> the outsiders. Before we get into our toby ratings first a quick word about our sponsor richard and that sponsor is dcbs discount comic book service go to discount or dcbservice.com uh it's 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 a miracle for for comic lovers and 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 people of of 
genre-loving shows and comics and whatnot, you get 30, 40, sometimes 50% off. They have all kinds of cool monthly bundles, um, themed bundles. But the thing is, is, is don't, don't spend cover price on comics. You can always save money at dcbservice.com. And also, while you're out there on the interwebs, go on over and check out their sister site in stocktrades.com again 30 40 50% off uh you know older and new trades and uh that's definitely for those people that you know came to the walking dead late and want to get caught up on what's going on you can get the collections there at instocktrades.com so we thank both of them together even though they're the same company for sponsoring us yes thank you very much for that so let's get into our Toby ratings. Aaron, we'll start with you. Uh, I'll, I'll say uh, three and a half uh, Tobys. I think it's a, a really solid episode, but maybe one of the best ones yet. Maybe a four. I don't know. Uh, but it, it's good. It's a good, <laughs> it's a good, good episode overall. I think it makes a, a good use of, uh, of the cast for the most part because we actually get to see good interactions. And despite some silliness involving zombie hordes, it always is fun to see people take on zombie hordes. So, yeah, good episode. Richard. Yeah, I I actually I want to give it five Tobies. One, because Toby is five times awesome. But two, it's because when I compare it to everything so far that we've had from this show, this has been the best. But it obviously is not a five Toby thing. And I, I, I agree somewhere between a three and a half and a four on the Tobies. Um, but overall, I felt that they they got a little bit more character development out of the way we got some good zombie action um it apparently resolved the whole flight 462 thing so um yeah um not a bad episode not a great episode but for fear the walking dead a good episode yeah, I'm kind of right in line with you guys. and You guys don't use quarter points, but I do. I'll say 3.75, which is between 3.5 and, and 4. I'll say 3.75 Tobies. It was, it's getting better. It's ramping up to something better. Uh, nothing really bothered me too much, except the story needs to move along a lot faster than it is. The audience is moving at one speed, and this show is moving at a completely different speed. And they better start syncing up quick. I, or I, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I, I just I hope that they, they, they pick up the pace soon. And, of course, we discussed at length the deficiencies in the acting or writing of the character of Chris. I just think that that's really holding things back right now. Uh, I don't like what they're doing with Maddie either. I still think she's just scowling a lot and screaming a lot and just saying no. And I, I, I'm such a big fan of Kim Dickens from Deadwood. Honestly, I'm a huge Deadwood fan uh, from oh, HBO, yeah. and she was so good in that role. She was amazing in that show. To see her be underutilized like this and just have her ranting around the boat, I just, I, I'm not liking it at all. She's turning into Laurie real quick, and I'm just not liking this. So the story better start moving, and the acting better start tightening up. Um, I'm not prepared to give a four yet. 3.75 is where I'm at uh, for this episode. So, guys, Aaron has to leave, but uh, thank you for joining us tonight, Aaron. We appreciate that, and we will look forward to some good coverage of the Newport Film Festival on Aaron and Abe, I'm assuming, correct? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah. Cool. yeah no, happy to be here and everything. And um, I will be, <laughs> depending on when things happen, maybe back next week or the week after. But, uh, yeah, more uh, dead to come. 
Excellent. So uh, thanks again for joining us, Aaron. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. Bye, Aaron. See you, Joe. Take care, man. So, Richard, let's let's just attack this uh, the, these Toby ratings tonight. We had we have a great Facebook page. It's the Walking Dead TV podcast. If you're not a part of this group and you listen to the show, you've got to get on Facebook and join this group. It's very simple. Go to Facebook, type in Walking Dead TV podcast, and hit Join Group. You do that, we get you in, and you can see the great interactions we have with the listeners of the show. It's really a very troll free environment. Uh, very lively. A lot of our people are very active in this group, and every week after the episodes, we ask for your Toby ratings, and we read them on the show. So uh, let's start at the beginning. Uh, Richard, with uh, you want to start taking it, take it away? All right. David the Third for Nick's bloody faces out of five. I uh, kept hearing people chatting about some game show for Thrones or something. Must be another CBS Survivor Series, <laughs> blah. If Maddie died, I'd give it a higher rating. But uh-huh. all the reaction to seeing their first real herd was satisfying in that they finally started being cohesive. I, 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 I totally agree with that. That's a, that's a very astute uh, uh, Toby rating. I like that. I gave that a like. And, uh you're right. If Maddie died, I give it a higher rating. That's uh, that's really sad because she's a great actress. But Max Sofer gave it four mercy killings out of five. I know the bar is pretty low, but that was easily the best episode of the series so far. I'm still amazed at how good all the stuff on the open water looks. He's right. The effects have been great. We don't want to gloss over that. Oh, They've yeah. been really, oh, yeah. really on point. Uh, they're doing a great job with that. So thanks, Max, for that. All right, Brenton Jones says, 3.25, I got nothing clever out of five. <laughs> uh, geez, Alex and the boy lasted less time on the show than they did on 4.62. Uh, for a bumbling bunch of incompetent, unaware pushovers, none of them will die. Nick falling in the hole was so stupid. Rob Cook, four horrific plumbing jobs out of five. Much stronger episode with plenty of gross-out zombie action. Love the trap zombie with a bad case of crabs. <laughs> and Nick discovering how to disguise himself in zombie guts was very cool. The zombie whisperer, Chris, is going to be a stone-cold psycho. I guess, yeah, they, they, they are taking it that way a little bit, maybe. Uh, do we think this is the last we see of the 462 survivors, or will the pirates pick him up? Ooh... Interesting oh, theory. Yeah. Interesting. I like that. that ooh, yeah, very much. And it's funny, the the plumbing jobs thing. It's funny. A buddy of mine, <laughs> um, he's actually a tattoo artist now, but he was a professional plumber for many years. Uh-huh. And on Facebook, every week, he'd have randomly gross thing found in whatever pipe, and he'd have the picture up there. And I just, and I know, Pappy, you listen to the Walking Dead podcast, so tell me, where would this rank in some of the gross things you found in people's drains? Because... Uh, I'm pretty sure he didn't pick out like a hand out of a out of a pipe, but <laughs> yeah. it's possible. You never know, right? Plumbers, oh man, yeah, some plumber of the lore stuff. Ugh, yeah. <laughs> so plumbers, come on our Facebook group and tell us your horror stories. Yes. Right. <laughs> so Sarah Ann Howard says three and a half crab zombies out of five. Uh, the beach foraging sections were pretty good, and the crab-infested Living Dead was pretty awesome. Most interesting so far, but already tired of Madison and Strand glowering at each other. Uh, everyone is just so damn angsty. Yeah, so it's not just me. I mean, the listeners are obviously feeling the same way, so I, I kind of yeah. feel a little vindicated with that. But Richard Chopper Cherry Charrington, which I want to give a shout-out to. I, I'm actually friends with him on Facebook, too, and he just completed the London Marathon 
Um, oh wow! So cool, man. He posted some pictures of him, I guess, with the with the medal and you know the achievement. So he was training a, a very hard. So listen, kudos to you, Richard, over there in the UK, and that's uh, that's a great feat. So um, thank you for that. Uh, he wrote down four lost. Would have been a lot better if it was like this episode. <laughs> okay, <laughs> much improved on previous weeks. Now, now, now. Let's not diss the holy thing that is lost. Come on, now. That uh, was great. So comparing it to the Fear of the Walking Dead is like desecration. Huh? You don't want to do that. Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Unless a smoke monster comes in somewhere, then maybe, right? Hey, I I enjoyed the smoke monster thing. (laughs) It kept the message boards alive for months and years. (laughs) All right. So Tammy Heisley, I think that's right. Tammy Heisley says, guess Sarah and I think alike because I was going to say three and a half crab zombies. Guess I could go with zombie crabs. Smiley face. Thought the episode was decent. Still some issues, but I'm remaining hopeful. Yeah, so uh, are we all uh, we are all remaining hopeful. I mean, you know, we, I I think this show is definitely going to go places. It just it needs to get there faster. I I I think that's its weak link right now. The audience is moving so fast. But this was what the third episode. It's episode three of season two. You're right. So this this is probably where the hook needs to come in. So and I think next episode is where they need to do that. And by the, you know, sneak peek at next week's episode from the talking dead. I saw that. Yeah. I think that we're going to pick up the pace. I think it's going to happen. At least this is where it needs to happen. And something we, we, we is definitely saw airwolf, airwolf, man. Airwolf was in that, ep- next episode. All those, all those lights <laughs> out there on the water. I mean, obviously it's a, community coming together but i have a feeling it's going to be a pirate type community led by a governor slash negan type architect Ah, except this time i think it's going to be a woman and so that way maddie it's the whole woman leader woman leader off thing you know ah that's pretty interesting theory i like that so we're going to go to the to the pirates cove next in 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 mexico the the ex-drug runners or whatever have set up a pirate base okay interesting i mean because it is kind of obvious that strand was probably some kind of a drug runner mule something yeah united states and i think that that's what his connections are and obviously in 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 a scenario of what this world has become those would be some of the first people to gather up, build build their forces together, and become a, a quote pirate, you know, type thing. Will they sing "Yo Ho Ho" and a bottle of rum and a pirate's life for me? Will they chant Probably things? Probably like not, but okay. that would be cool. That okay. would definitely be cool. <laughs> I I could get behind that, Robert Kirkman. I know you're listening. <laughs> Make it happen. Make it happen. We need Arr. some fans. Ah, yeah. You're not giving us Toby. You're not giving the fans that service. You're not giving us crazy gore. You got to give the fans some service, Kirkman. Come on now. Come on. Give us they something. Give us some crazy gore for this show this week, though. You have to admit. I mean, it was cool. The the crabs. I mean, like, although Aaron said they were a little CGE, I guess. Yeah, they were a bit, but it was still a pretty cool little little moment there. And the back I mean, spine sticking not out was Tyrese pretty neat. With a hammer surrounded by hundreds of zombies, you know, but. For the Fear of the Walking Dead so far, it it was pretty good, a pretty good amount. I see what they're doing, though. They're trying to make it not so much about the zombies and, and the walkers and the way we slaughter them, because I guess we've seen 
every single possible way, for the most part, on The Walking Dead, how to dispose of a walker, right? So they're trying to make it more about suspense and about, you know, just just, just that, that, that jump scare and, and, and you well, don't know what's going to happen. And I, I agree to a point with that, but on the other hand, um, you, you, you have to think about some of the things that Robert Kirkman and Charlie Adler and everyone has said through the years of the comic of making the comic book and then making the television show is the walking dead. And we've discussed this on this show many times. The walking dead does not refer to the actual walkers and to the zombies. The walking dead are the living. It's actually the people we're seeing in the group and the story is about the walking dead. So, and I, being about the actual survivors. Well, now we have this spinoff show, and when you take take the context of what I just said and add it to the title of this show, Fear the Walking Dead, I think that this is going to be more about, like you said, you know, surviving in this zombie apocalypse, which is what The Walking Dead has always been about, but now we're actually going to see the living or the survivors in probably the worst light that we could possibly see. Cause first of all, this is the formation, you know, Negan's groups and, um, uh, governor and all of them, you know, they were established by the time, right. We've met them in, in the walking dead. You know, there has been a couple of years or so of this, this apocalypse in this world they lived in we don't know the crazy they went through in the beginning to form those groups whether they're good or bad just the things that went on we're about to see that and we're about to see that on probably a pretty massive scale considering everything so far has been in one of the most populated areas of that you know side of the country so I, I I just think when you think about the title Fear the Walking Dead, we've not met the bad yet. It, and and what Strand's dealing with may not be the bad either. That may just be the, the MacGuffin that gets them to what the bad, the true, true bad is. And, you know, we're going to see more cruel things done by humans, by the living in this show than we've seen in the actual walking dead, because in the actual walking dead, the population has <laughs> grossly diminished at this point. Whereas we still are dealing with at least 250 to 300 million people still trying to figure out what the hell is going on and how are we going to survive? Mm. So that's where the focus I'm hoping is going. That's what I thought this show was going to be about. And it still has the potential to go that way. I hope it oh. goes that way because that what you just described is really, really what I wanted to see. And we already right. got let down once, and we talked about this already. We never saw L.A. really fall apart the way we wanted it to. We never saw the destruction no. of society the way we kind of wanted it to. They glossed over it. You know, they kind of hid in their little contained town that the military had for three whole episodes, and we didn't see them flipping over cars. And you know, I mean, we saw pieces of it, but we didn't really get the full flavor of, of a major city getting collapsed by a zombie apocalypse. So we missed that. They're on the water now. Okay, this is something different. I, I just I, I have high hopes for this show. I really do. The problem is it's in the shadow of a really great show. 
And if we go back to that really great show, season two, episode three, they were just dicking around on the farm for six whole episodes, doing nothing. Well, looking, I looking mean, for Sophia. I mean, so. Well, in ultimate, I mean, come on, we, you know, I refer to the looking for Sophia now in other shows as the way a lot of people refer to jumping the shark. You know, not, not that that's jumping the shark. I'm just saying is that's become my euphemism for this needs to move along. Stop looking for Sophia and get 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 us to the prison. You know, right. That's what we said all in season two. Just get us past Sophia and get us to the prison. And once they, you know, somewhat rudely fired frank darabont and actually started moving things the show moved along big time yeah it started picking up in actually an exponential pace so maybe something will happen yeah i think here though they've done it intentionally because of what i said earlier they 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 needed to string us along at a different um tempo than what we've been used to. I mean, we just ended season six of The Walking Dead that was probably the most intense back half of a season yet. Yeah, yeah, it was. And then we we immediately, with no break, jump into the pacing of what this show is. And I think I, I think that it may be less that it needs to speed up and more that we need to just slow the hell down some. But at the same point, Give us a major reveal. Something major needs to happen now in this fourth episode. Yeah, and- yeah. They can keep it a slow burn. See, I'm with you there. Keep it a slow, but you have to give the fa- you have to give us something. Right, right. Give me well, something. And that makes sense. I mean, you think about it when you when you listen to a good song. That good song before it gets to the chorus or whatever, you know, about a third of the way, a quarter to a third of the way in. You get the hook. You get what that song, you know, you get through the intro and it hooks you in, you know, and that's the way a lot of television seasons are, you know, and and this would be the time about a quarter to a third of the way into this season hit us with that hook. And I think that if they're smart, that's what's going to happen in this next episode. And again, the preview that we got on the Talking Dead for next week gives me hope that that is going to happen look airwolf was in the episode seeing that means i'm in i'm totally in now i'm, I'm gonna watch that i mean i was gonna watch it anyway but i'm definitely gonna watch it now <laughs> but i i mean they also have to stop not only with the plot problems and and the speed start stop giving uh, how should i put this stop doing these actors a disservice you've got a tremendous yeah. acting cast there they're not writing well enough for them. They're, you're, you're boxing them into this area where they look like they look. They're, they're annoying now to, to the to the viewers, to the to everyone out there. So you got to use Kim Dickens for all that she's worth, and she can give you a lot more than that. Instead of just running around the boat saying "Strand" or "Nick," come on, that <laughs> she's capable of so much more than that. So I don't know. Maybe I, I uh, think some of that they're just suffering from these writers and crew maybe haven't quite figured out how to uh, manage an ensemble cast yet in the way they write and shoot the episodes. Well, they better get quick or otherwise they may be a a showrunner change. Like you said, in season two, they got rid of Darabont. Maybe they'll do the same thing with this guy, Adam Erickson. And uh, you never know. I mean, they better get moving soon though. Cause the fan, I mean, I guess the fans are always going to be there, but you don't want the show to get that bad of a rap. Because if it does, then it may not right. make it, right, right. you know, past season three or season four. 
So well, um, the answer is obvious. Bring back Toby. It, listen, if they bring back Toby and and sharpen up some of the writing, this show would be unstoppable. That would be, be it. It would be it would be a number one hit. They need to do that. <laughs> Hashtag bring back Toby. Hashtag bring back Toby. That's right. All right, so uh, where can our listeners hear you besides the Walking Dead TV podcast, Richard? Where, where, where can they hear your, your lovely voice talking about other things besides Walking Dead? Well, if they were to creepily hang outside my apartment, you know, they could probably hear me th- through these thin walls. <laughs> but I'm not suggesting that. But they can hear me on the DC TV podcast uh, where every week Jim uh, Daryl, who was on the Walking Dead podcast last week, and and myself discuss all the DC television shows: Supergirl, Gotham, uh, Lucifer, Constantine. Before it was shamefully taken off the air, um, Arrow, uh, Legends of Tomorrow, and then coming this summer. So excited! The Preacher on AMC. I can't wait to talk uh, about that. I, I cannot yeah. wait. I cannot wait for that, but also something else that's very cool that uh, Jim, Jim's kind of our leader there at uh, DCTV, and uh, he's actually suggesting, and what we're going to do is through the summer, like a summer reading club, we're going to have a summer watching club, because you can get these on Netflix, and we're going to go through all the Justice League and Justice League Unlimited episodes. Uh, It's going to be our summer program, um, so join us for that. Do you mean the animated ones or uh... yes, yes? Oh, that's anim- so cool! That's We're so good. that's a great so, idea. Both Justice League and Justice League Unlimited is on Netflix, so if you want to watch and then join in on the conversation, that's what we're going to do. Uh, you listen, count me in on that. Five preacher. So. Count, count, oh, what yeah. was, are those from the seventy? When are those from the seventies or the eighties? When, when were those? Oh from? no, no, two thousands. Oh, those. I'm thinking uh, the way back ones. Okay, yeah, no, mean, no, we're okay. talking about the end of the nineties into the two thousands. Gotcha, I, gotcha. So I don't. Yeah, I don't remember which years exactly, but no, the recent ones, you know, the, the, the Warner Brothers animation stuff, right? right? And they were still, yeah. you know, the Timverse. Gotcha. Okay, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, that that was actually pretty cool too. Um, oh, you can also hear me on the Walking Dead TV podcast, um, which you are right now. So that if that isn't whoa, yes, and don't forget now you're gonna be joining us for the special Star Trek retrospective. Oh, yes, uh, part two. We'll be recording it this Sunday. It'll be released sometime the middle of next week. Uh, once we get it all put together, we'll be discussing Star Trek the feature films. Uh, so from the motion picture right up to uh, the Undiscovered Country. Uh, Star Trek Six, and we'll be having a very lively discussion about that. And that's one of a series of podcasts leading up to the 50th anniversary of Star Trek and the new movie coming out, Star Trek Beyond. So, Richard, you're definitely in for that, right? Phaser set on stun? For sure. And I just, you know, for the Star Trek fans that are out there uh, listening to us now, uh, something to to check out is IDW's run of the more of the it's more the jj abrams universe of the comic book it's it's very good they revisiting a lot of the uh, old stories from the original series but more with the twist of you know what's going on through the eyes of uh you know this crew from the abrams universe but what's really cool is uh, daryl that's on the podcast he does podcasts with jk woodward who does a lot of art for those comics um so check it out uh, support them because they've done a really fantastic job both visually and storytelling wise and just to brag a little bit um 
issue number 55 has an amazing cover of Spock at JK did. And I just am getting a print from him of that. So, Oh, I, so very I, cool. It's a great piece of art. So yeah, Star Trek. I'm, I'm very excited that we're getting into this, you know, with the, the anniversary and everything else going on. Um, great. You know, out of all the genre stuff, out of all the nerdy stuff in my life, comic books, you know, everything else, the my first real genre thing that I, I nerded out and fell in love with was Star Trek. And I'm, I mean, we've only done one episode so far, but that was probably one of my most favorite podcasts to talk about. Oh, it's, that's great. I, I'm the same way. You know, it was such a big part of my life growing up. That was really the first nerdy thing that I ever did as well. So, and I, that made me the television freak that I am today. So, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to phase episode two of Star Trek, and we're going to have several others. We're going to do one for the next generation, one for DS9, Voyager, Enterprise, and then also the next generation movies, and then just there's several more to come. So it's going to be great leading up to the uh, the 50th anniversary. So thanks for joining us for that. And if you want to hear me on some other podcasts, I am the host of the Auto Chat Show. Me and my co-host, Teddy, discuss anything car-related, cars and pop culture. We review new cars. Uh, we actually had a special guest on last week's show. Guys, if you, if you have not listened to Auto Chat before, I recommend you go and listen to episode 31. We had a special newsmaker come on. His name is Stephen Ruth. He is the Red Light Robin Hood from New York. And what this guy has done is he has disabled over 25 red light cameras in the Suffolk County area because they are actually dangerous. They, they've shortened the yellow light time, and it's causing a lot of accidents just to generate tickets. It's a big scam. He's been all over the news. He's nationally known. He joined us for a 30-minute interview on the Auto Chat Show. So wow. I was so glad to have him on. Check it out. It's in the first uh, – the interview starts in the first 10 minutes of the show, so you can listen right to it, and it's really, really great. So check that out. As I said, we'll also be doing the Star Trek podcast. You can listen to that on the HHWLOD network. They'll be on the HHWLOD master feed as well as HHWLOD.com. And you can, you can reach me, autochatshow.com or facebook.com forward slash autochatshow. So that's where we oh, can hear us. Yes. I forgot to mention. Yes. So my contacts. So you can get me at Twitter at chubtoad01, um, Instagram chubtoad01, uh, Facebook chubtoad01. Pretty much anything social media, I'm chubtoad01. You are the chubtoad, not the chub tadpole, as you said before. That was when right. you were younger, right? Okay, yeah, gotcha. Exactly. Yes. So and I am at Auto Chat Show, or you can get me Craig at autochatshow.com if you want to send me an old fashioned email. And that's going to bring an end to this week's show. Remember, folks, when there's no more room in hell and the dead walk the earth, don't be crabby. Life's a beach. Take care, folks. Take care, folks.